Like, I know we can all be CIA agents from time to time, or FBI. What is the CIA? Anyways, that's not important. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Sometimes Blonde podcast. Um, My voice is doing a weird thing right now. It's kind of scratchy. I don't know what's happening. I think it's just because the air is dry. Um, but sorry if it's a little bit irritating this week. Hopefully, it's all smoothed out and better. It honestly might just be because I had something really sugary for breakfast, and I feel like sugar is not good for your vocal cords. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Did do some theater in high school, and I know we couldn't eat dairy before we performed. I'm sure there's lots of rules surrounding what you should and shouldn't eat, but I don't know because it's not something I've really looked into. Anyways, welcome to the second episode Um, If you reached out and said nice things about the first episode, thank you so much. People really did have nice things to say, and I had lots and lots of friends reaching out and being like, I will come be a guest, and that's super exciting because I want to have guests because let's be real, there's only so much solo Hannah Strong rambling one can listen to before they go absolutely bananas, so... Hopefully in the future, I'll be able to figure out how to technologically have a guest on the podcast um, and then I can start having guests and we can have fun little conversations and it'll be like a whole group hangout and it'll be so cute. Um, But thank you if you reached out and said nice things or if you volunteered to come be a guest. um, I love it and thank you for your support and I can't wait for the future of the podcast. Okay, everybody. So due to the fact that Valentine's Day is rapidly approaching, it is February 10th. There's four days till Valentine's Day. And I guess if the world was normal, there would be like heart-shaped everything everywhere. And honestly, red, white, and pink are three of my fave colors. I have no beef with Valentine's Day. Despite having been single for the past 21 years, I really, it doesn't bug me that much. I think it's sweet. I think it's nice for people who are in a relationship. I like to celebrate Valentine's Day by being like, I'm the best because you're in a relationship with yourself, you know? And I have a good time just hanging out with me. I watch a rom-com usually. Typically, I make brownies with pink frosting, which is like my favorite treat. It's not that bad. I don't hate Valentine's Day that much. Like, don't get me wrong, I've definitely had Valentine's Days in my life where I'm mad, emo, and lonely and, like, super sad about being single. But, yeah, as of late, I don't know, it just doesn't bug me. I think it's kind of fun. Like, I made, I got Peppa Pig Valentine's for my roommates a couple years ago. One of my roommates made us Valentine's, which was, like, the sweetest thing ever. I still have it in my room. Shout out Ashley. I love it to this day. Um, I just think it's fun. When I was growing up, we would go to the store and, like, pick out a whole bunch of, like, paper and, like, go to the bulk barn and get candy. And we'd make Valentine's for, like, our classmates. And it was a craft and it was super fun. I love a good craft. So I have nothing but fond memories of, like, a childhood Valentine's Day. But if you're sad and upset that you're single, I understand. I have been there. Um, but just try to, like, take a different approach to Valentine's Day. Don't look at it as like romantic love. Look at it more as like love for yourself. 
do a face mask, do a foot mask, one of those peely foot masks from TikTok that I am literally obsessed with. Exfoliate your feet. Um, what else can you do for Valentine's Day? Make some brownies. I love them. Um, if you don't want to eat them, drop them off at my house. I'll eat them. Um, watch a rom-com. I just feel like doing Valentine's spirited things like watching rom-coms or like, you know, having a self-date. I don't know what that, that kind of sounds dirty. It doesn't have to be. It can be if that's how you roll. All power to you. Um, but yeah, you could just like light some candles, make yourself dinner, have a good time. It's, it's nice. I don't know. Valentine's Day doesn't have to be a romantic thing. It's just, I feel like it's a day for love. So love yourself. Happy Valentine's Day. Because Valentine's Day is coming up, um, this podcast is all about dating, specifically online dating, because that is like my bread and butter. Um, That's what I'm good at. That's what I know about. Actually, let's backtrack. I'm not necessarily good at it, or else I probably wouldn't have been single for the past 21 years. But I am. I have been. And you know what? It's okay. The moral of the story is I know a lot about online dating and I can talk about online dating a lot because I've done a lot of it. So that's what we're doing this episode. I did forget to mention that I will, if you need plans for Valentine's Day, I will be releasing a special Valentine's Day episode because I love a holiday. So I will be doing a holiday episode for Valentine's um, and I'm going to be watching the first two episodes, the first two movies in the To All the Boys I've Loved Before trilogy. I'll be watching them sometime this week. And then the third one comes out on the 12th. So I'll be watching that. I'll be taking notes on all of them. And then I'm going to be sharing them on the podcast and creating a definitive ranking of the three movies, Um, which could be fun because I love Laura Jean and I love Peter Kavinsky and I love their love story. I also feel like those movies are fun because they show, like, the second one really focuses on friendship as, like, another form of love. And that's, we just need more love in the world, you know? Everybody's so divided. And like the Beatles said, all you need is love. Love is all you need. We're gonna dive right in, I guess. So this episode is all about dating, despite the fact that I have no, like, real dating experience. But I have been on Tinder since I was 17. I think I covered this in the first podcast. I don't know if I edited it out. It's really hard to keep track of what you've said. Um, And this is only my second episode, so it's only going to get worse. Um, But yeah, I've been on Tinder since I was 17. I've like danced around with Bumble and Hinge. I don't like them that much, um, but I've had them. I've, despite all of my dating apps, I am still single. Um, I wish I could be like, yeah, I'm single because I love myself and I love my independence, but it's not solely because of that. It's definitely because I got some trust issues and I don't like to be vulnerable and I'm in therapy. I'm working through that, not because I can't date, but because that like literally bleeds into every avenue of your life and it makes things tricky. So I'm working on it. But yeah, I definitely have some experience with Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge. So. I think what I'm going to do for this episode, we're going to divide into three chunks. Three chunks. We're going to do pre-pandemic dating because obviously, you know, pandemic dating is a whole different game. So we are going to talk about pandemic dating. And what's the third? 
did I have a third? Oh yeah, the hierarchy of like the talking stage. That is also another thing that will probably be its own chunk. I might mix it in. You know, we're just going to see how the podcast plays out. I don't have a plan. Anybody who knows me knows that I like to plan, but I'm not organized enough to have like a good setup. Oh, my after pandemic prediction. Oh my God. (laughs) This is a disaster. Okay, so we're doing pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and after pandemic, my after pandemic prediction. Obviously, I'm not clairvoyant. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen once this pandemic's over, but I got some thoughts. So I'm going to share those with you. I can't wait. Let's dive in. Okay, so we're going to kick this off with types of guys I love to see on Tinder. So these are just like, I think I picked five. Yeah, like five dudes that we all know and love from Tinder. Like, they're not specific people. I haven't like been like, everybody's matched with this guy, even though there are those. Like, within the Waterloo region, I know hella bitches that have matched with like the same guys because, you know, there's just some Tinder legends out there. But I've broken down like five types of dudes that we all know and love on Tinder. Obviously, there is so many men aren't just so one-dimensional like this. They have other traits. Don't come for me. If you're a guy listening, I know you're more complex than this, but I have broken it down to my fave like stereotypical guys. Okay, so let's get into it. We've got bachelor number one. He, this man, does not get to know you at all. He literally just jumps right in, right off the bat, want to hang out. You'll be like, hey, hey, what's up? nothing, want to hang out. I don't know enough about you to be comfortable hanging out with you after, hey, what's up? It's just like, it's almost like they think they know you outside of Tinder, but like, I'm not going to hang out with a complete stranger on the internet. And I also don't think that's a good idea for like men to be doing. Men aren't scared enough. They need to be more fearful. They need more fear in their hearts of being murdered. I think it's a societal thing that women experience violence at such higher rates that they're more scared of like being victims of violence just because it's more common and they have more right to. That doesn't mean that men should just willy-nilly be like, want to hang out? Want to hang out? Like, Girls are capable of murder too, and I just don't think it crosses their mind. It's not a good idea for anybody to just hang out with a random stranger after two messages. Get to know them a little bit, you know, get a last name, find out who they're living with. Like, are you going to their mom's house? Are you going to their house with seven roommates? Do they live completely alone? Do they live completely alone in the middle of the woods? If they live completely alone in the middle of the woods, it's a bit of a red flag, you know what I'm saying? If they live completely alone in an apartment complex with really thin walls, it's a little bit safer. You know, you got some security. You just got to think these things through. And I feel like these men are not thinking these things through or they are thinking these things through and they're a murderer. So this is one type of guy that we're all familiar with on Tinder, but I think they're quite bold. I, I feel like bachelor number one, it's dangerous. They're just, they're too, they're overzealous in their desire to hang out. Um, So that's our first man. Love him. You know, we know and love him. He's a little creepy though. Bachelor number two. 
very similar to Bachelor number one and that he doesn't get to know you very well before he asks you to hang out. So Bachelor number two is the guy that asks you to smoke like right away. Normally, there's a little bit more of a conversation because this guy's trying to get high with somebody who's enjoyable to get high with, which I respect. That being said, (laughs) it's still not a very long conversation. It's probably like, hey, how are you? What are you doing? And then you'll tell him like you're watching a movie and he'll be like, I love that movie. Come over and smoke. Just because we both love Superbad does not mean I trust you. Granted, Superbad is a phenomenal movie, so if he is a serial killer, he's a serial killer with taste. But I still don't trust you. Like, doing drugs with strangers is one thing. Hanging out alone with strangers is another thing. Doing drugs alone with strangers from the internet. It just doesn't seem responsibly stupid. And we're all about being responsibly stupid here on the Sometimes Blonde podcast. I feel like the Sometimes Blonde encompasses being stupid from time to time. And you know what? I'm young. Most of my listeners also young. And I don't think you completely ever grow out of stupidity. Everybody does dumb things from time to time. I'm not saying you can never be stupid. I'm just saying if you're going to be stupid, you have to acknowledge that it's stupid and think through ways to make it less stupid and therefore safer. So you got to be responsibly stupid. And I just feel like doing drugs with strangers from the internet after a, like, what, 50 character conversation is not responsibly stupid. It's just plain stupid. And plain stupid is never what we should strive for. Guys, we need to strive for responsibly stupid. So bachelor number two is just banking on my inhibition being very low. We gotta be responsibly stupid. And I just think before you're doing drugs with strangers, you gotta have at least a 500 character conversation prior to that. Have them submit it, Get that word count in. Make sure they didn't adjust their margins or anything. They're not like adding all those words and then whiting them out. You know what I mean? (laughs) You got to make sure. You got to count the words. Make sure you're getting a 500 character word count before that. That's a little bit extra. But just make sure you're being responsibly stupid, everybody. And also, if you're going to go over and get super high, you probably shouldn't be driving home. And like, I don't know if you want to stay over after you've only had like a 500 word conversation with this man. So make sure you're like within Uber range, you know what I mean? So that you can you can get home if you need to. Or you got a homie with a car who doesn't have many plans and will come pick you up. Responsibly stupid, everybody. You got to think these things through. Bachelor number three. <laughs> that was not a good segue. We're diving right in. Bachelor number three. Bachelor number three is the DM slider. Um... I don't know if everybody does this, but I always put my Instagram at in my like dating app bio because I'm trying to get those followers. Most of them follow and like, even if you don't follow back and I'm here for the extra likes. Thank you, sir. Um, But this guy is somebody you don't match with and like, (laughs) it's very clear you didn't match with them, but they find you on Instagram and hop into the DMs. You got to respect it. You know what? They wanted to shoot their shot and 
good for them. They saw what they wanted and they went for it anyways, regardless of, you know, a lack of signal. I respect it. It's whatever. I understand it. And like, I, I'm putting myself in that position by putting my handle in my bio. It gets uncomfortable when you didn't put your Instagram in your bio and yet somehow they still found you. We can all be FBI agents from time to time and be really good at tracking people down. That being said, I if I didn't have my IG in my bio and you still found me on Instagram to DM me, I just don't think I want to be in contact with you. I just, yeah. But when I do have my like handle in my bio and you find me and you DM me, it's it's excusable. But the conversation always starts with, hey, I saw you on Tinder. We didn't match, but I thought I'd reach out. It's like, buddy, I respect the hustle. If we didn't match, I'm not interested. Like, it's not like matching is like such a hard thing to do. Like swiping right is such a task. I took the energy to swipe right and instead I put it into energy to swipe left. I don't, I'm not trying to talk. But I'm flattered that you like wanted to reach out anyways. Thank you. I don't know. It's just, you know, we all know that guy. And my DMs, my DM requests are usually full of just like fake sugar daddies, the period scheme girl period the period scheme girl oh my god the pyramid scheme girl from high school or the dm slider the man from tinder who didn't get the match but he wanted to shoot his shot anyways so we it's not if there's any men listening i've looked at my analytics there's not that many men listening um but if you are a man listening take some hints you know don't be these guys They're not the worst. It's just, it's not responsibly stupid. It's just plain stupid. And that's not, you know, we're sometimes blonde. We're not all the time blonde. We're not being all the time stupid. Just a little bit stupid from time to time. Final two types of guys. Bachelor number four. This isn't so much like the way he approaches the dating situation. This is just how he presents himself. And I live in like a small town. (laughs) There's a lot of like country men. So bachelor number four, of course, is the guy with a fish. I don't know (laughs) why these men think we're gonna see that they caught a fish and be like, whoa, that is a fat bass. Like I'm trying to get with him. Look at that bass. Nobody does that. Girls don't do that. I don't even think guys do that. Like, my brother really loves fishing, so if I'm, like, following somebody that, like, posts a picture with a fish, and I'm like, Dame, look at this fish. Like, look how big it is. (laughs) He'll just be like, wow, good for him. Like, he doesn't even get that excited, and he loves fishing. He'll be like, oh, it's a big fish. So, I don't know why guys... I get that there's girls that like fishing, but not that many. (laughs) And, like... I guess it's probably because they don't have very many pictures of themselves and the rare occasions they do take pictures is when they catch a nice fish. I feel like there's better pictures of you than when you've been sitting in the hot sun on some random dude's boat fishing away for eight hours and then you finally wrestled in this like foot long fish. 
I just feel like you've looked better. I feel like that's not a good demonstration of you looking your best. And I don't know if that's what you should be projecting when trying to attract a potential mate. But that's just me, you know. Do you, honey? If you love that picture of you with the fish, keep going. I just love the man with the fish on Tinder. And I thought he should be getting a shout out on the dating podcast. So there you go, guy with the fish. You're getting the recognition you desire. The final man, bachelor number five, is the king of all kings, the shirtless gym man. I love the shirtless gym man because, like, so often he's just such a douchebag. And I find it a little bit entertaining. I can't lie. I also love shirtless gym pick guy because he's always flexing so hard. So when I see the shirtless gym pick in the mirror, the mirror selfie, topless. I immediately look at that man's like jawline and neck because I want to see how hard he's strained for that picture. <laughs> That's evil of me, but I want to see it. I want to know. I want to look at that and be like, wow, you went all out. He was thinking when he woke up this morning, he chose evil. He thought, I'm going to go to that mirror. I'm going to flex and we're going to put this on Tinder. It's going to be good. And I just, I live for it. I love to see it. <laughs> It makes me smile every time. Very rarely do they get the swipe right. They need to really be bringing it in like the bio or something else um, to get a swipe right just because I'm like, you're such a dick. But yeah, if you look like you've been snorting pre-workout <laughs> and then and that's all you've eaten for the past three weeks and then you just are standing in the mirror and your neck veins are popping out, just know that you have made me smile not because I'm like loving what I see, but because I find it highly entertaining. So those are my five favorite guys from pre-pandemic Tinder. I find them hella amusing. Um, they're still on Tinder. Like, they're still there. This is just like, I'm thinking back to simpler times when we weren't dealing with these pandemic men and they were, they were more, they were less reluctant to kind of hit you with the let's let's hang out very first message you know what I mean now because of the pandemic they are a little bit slower with the let's hang out because they got to make sure that you're not going to call them in so maintaining the wave of pre-pandemic tinder dating we I guess this isn't specific to tinder because this is how like you talk to people when you've met them like in real life or whatever too but we're going to be talking about the hierarchy of talking of like the talking stage I've created a definitive hierarchy in my mind for the talking stage. And we're going to dive in and I'm going to try and explain it. I, this is not like a hard, fast rule. I just feel like in general, this is the way she goes. So we start out, the base level communication method is like DMs. So like when you're talking to somebody in your Insta DMs, maybe they slid in and you're just having like a little conversation and you haven't yet moved it to a different platform. So DMs, I think, is like the lowest on the hierarchy. It's the bottom of the pyramid, bottom of the food chain. That's like the beginner level talking stage is the DMs. Next up, you move to Snapchat. Snapchat is like a tier higher, but... This is the thing. Within Snapchat, I feel like there's a whole nother hierarchy. Because if you have a streak, if you've had like a long running streak, that's a whole different ballgame than if he snaps you a picture of his face, you snap back a picture of your face, 
He snaps another picture of his face. Somebody O-bombs. It's all done. So that's like a common thing that happens on Snapchat. And for some reason, you're still considered like talking or people, I guess you're not necessarily considered talking because a lot of people be like, we don't even talk. But like, that's kind of like a method of talking. It's not a very good one and it's rarely successful. But yeah, that's that's one way that people Snapchat. But some people also have like full conversations on Snapchat through like picture chats. So that's a whole nother level of Snapchat talking. Base level, pictures of just face, no streak. Then there's pictures of faces with a streak. Then there's pictures of faces with captions and a streak. Or you can do just pictures of faces with captions, no streak, and that falls below, I'd say, Pictures of faces with streak? Mm, No, I'd say those are even. This is getting a little confusing. If I had a diagram, it'd be easier to follow. So yeah, we're going to say pictures of faces with streak and pictures of faces with captions but no streak are on the same playing field because at least you're having a conversation, but it's not as consistent as if you had a streak. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, moving up another level, pictures of faces with captions and a streak. That is like a higher level of Snapchatting, it's still not ideal. There's chatting on Snapchat where you're like blue box chatting, definitely higher than just pictures of faces with captions. I don't really know why. It just feels a little bit more legit, like you're actually trying to have a conversation and not just show off what you're doing kind of thing. And then, yeah, I feel like that's it. I don't even know if you can have a streak with the blue boxes. I feel like you have to be like picture chatting to have a streak, which is kind of weird, but yeah. So that's like the top tier of talking. If you're consistently, if you have a streak in your blue box talking, I'd say that's like the pinnacle of Snapchat. Snapchat is still only the second tier on the overall hierarchy of talking. So like that's the best you can do on Snapchat, but it's not the best you can do in general. So after Snapchat, we're going to move to texting. Texting is a level up in the talking stage. You've got the number. You've got like a full legit conversation that you can reference back to. That's why Snapchat's not as legit because unless you're saving every single chat, you lose that conversation. But if you're texting, you can always refer back to the conversation, which for some reason makes it feel more permanent and more serious in my mind. After texting, I'd say, I'd say texting is like as far as you can go as far as like a messenger goes. Just like texting or maybe WhatsApp. I don't use WhatsApp, but I know a lot of people do. So like, I guess if they don't have an iPhone and you're not iMessaging, like you got to WhatsApp them because can you, I don't know. I feel like texting is like a weird, I very rarely SMS. It's always messenger. Anyways. Maybe WhatsApp, but I feel like texting is like the top. Like that type of talking is like the peak kind of of messaging. But then after that, you can talk on the phone or FaceTime regularly. And that's like that's like top tier. That's as high as you can go talking without actually physically being with somebody, in my opinion. This is my hierarchy of talking. I felt like I needed to explain it because I feel like through the pandemic this hierarchy of talking has become more permanent, more engraved in stone, and more something people are paying attention to. Because obviously with lockdowns and stuff, not everybody's hanging out all the time. So it becomes more important how you're talking, how often you're talking, and like 
kind of that conversation through social media, DMs, through your phones, pretty much just how you're communicating through your phones. So during the pandemic, we're going to hop into pandemic dating and relate it back to the hierarchy, which is why I explained the hierarchy. God, I should be a teacher. I'm doing such a good job. Um, Yeah. During the pandemic talking. So the hierarchy kind of suggests that you work your way through the ranks. Some people skip the Snapchatting step or some people skip like, I don't know, texting. Some people skip DMs. It's whatever. You can skip steps, but as a rule, you kind of work your way through the levels to reach the top level of like actually hanging out in real life. Um, During the pandemic, though, the hierarchy has you skipping. Like the way the pandemic works, you're skipping through the hierarchy real fast. Like Tinder, Bumble, Hinge are all suggesting that you start video chatting like literally after like five messages. They'll be like, are you ready to video chat? And I'm like, no, not yet. We haven't even worked our way to Snapchat. I don't even know. Like, is this, are these pictures legit? I guess I could find out on FaceTime, but then he's going to see like my reaction real time. And if I think he's ugly, I don't want him to see that across my face. I don't have a good poker face. I don't want him to see me look into his eyes and shift to just a whole mood of disappointment and anger. I can't have that. Don't ask me to video chat. You can also video chat like on the app, like on Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, I think now. And that is just too much. That's such a weird method of video chatting. I'm not for it. So pandemic dating's weird because you just skip like four steps. You go straight from DMs to FaceTime. And there is a whole chunk in the middle that I feel like you need to experience. You got to text for a little while to at least know some background so you have something to talk about on the FaceTime call. Or else it's just like awkward getting to know you. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? Meh. Like in real time. And that's not fun. I feel like this is how people dated in the past. So so anybody who's listening to this who's like older than the online dating phase is like, literally what is wrong with people today but this is what social media has brought us to baby i don't want to have small talk conversations with you face to face i want to do it through the comfort of my own phone where i can look like trash i can be in my jammies i can have my pimple cream on and my glasses and my hair in a messy bun before i decide to jump in with a facetime and eye to eye contact real-time reactions. I just want to ease my way into that. You know what I mean? And the pandemic's trying to restrict us from doing that, and I don't think it's very fair. Okay, so I feel like I'm done talking about pandemic dating. I'm over pandemic dating. I understand that we've been at it for like a year, and one day we're going to be like, oh, remember when we had to only talk via weird messaging apps? How fun. How quirky. I hate it. I'm over it. I'm done with it. I don't want to do it anymore. And I don't want to talk about it right now. So we're going to flash forward to our after pandemic predictions. My after pandemic predictions. Sorry, you probably don't share these with me. Um, it's I've got some thoughts. I've got some some predictions on what's going to happen. I would like to start by saying I realize that the priority is getting people vaccinated to build up herd immunity for to end the pandemic and get us back to normal. I get that that's the priority. 
I think they need to start stocking up on penicillin because once the people are free, STDs are going to be wilding. Everyone is going to catch something. It's going to be insane. It is going to be, ugh. I, it, it gives me the ick to think about it. There's going to be a whole second pandemic of just chlamydia. I'm not ready for it. It's, it's going down. So everybody be safe after the pandemic. If you're listening to this and you got plans, you've got goals for once this is all over. Remember, don't be silly. Wrap your willy responsibly stupid. If you're hooking up with strangers, do it safely. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want a second pandemic made up of chlamydia. I realize that that's unlikely because it's, you know, harder to spread chlamydia than it is to spread the coronavirus. But that is just one thing that I thought I'd share. Um, everybody be safe. <laughs> so that's one prediction for my after after pandemic dating. I feel like that might happen. You know, everybody's just going to be going going crazy, going nuts. Or... People are going to start looking at relationships as insurance plans. You know, the future is uncertain. We don't know if we're going to be going back into a pandemic. And I know for a fact that people in relationships got to maintain those relationships through the pandemic. A lot of people still saw their significant other through the pandemic. It's a more socially acceptable thing to do than be, you know, hooking up with strangers, meeting with randos. I feel like people might start dating and like entering committed relationships so that if we enter another pandemic, they got somebody, they got a boo, they got their quarantine and they don't have to go looking and they don't have to scramble to find one. I'm, I, I could see it happening. I imagine a world in which that's the situation. And I do think there might be some memes surrounding it. Um, and I think that because I'm going to start them. So, <laughs> catch my memes. Can't wait. That's my after pandemic prediction, though. I feel like it's going to go one of two ways. And it, honestly, it's probably going to go both ways. There's going to be some people that take a more strategic route and do the insurance plan kind of vibe. And there's going to be some people that just appreciate their freedom and just go for it. And you know what? Whatever you do, do it responsibly stupid and think about your actions before you do them. Let's make sure that everybody is comfortable and happy with the decisions they're making and they're doing it to fulfill their souls. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to tell you what to do and I'm not going to judge you for acting in whatever way you feel appropriate after surviving this global pandemic. I'm happy for you. It, and you know what? As my good pal Leonardo DiCaprio said when playing Jordan Belfort in The Wolf of Wall Street... If you're happy, God bless you. That is what he said when he found out that his good friend Donnie was married to his first cousin. Um, that wouldn't necessarily be my response if I found out that one of my friends was married to their first cousin. But you know what? If you're happy, God bless you. So I guess I'm going to wrap it up there. Kind of a weird note to end the podcast on. But thank you for listening. Um, if you have any feedback, feel free to reach out and let me know what you hated, what you didn't hate, what you absolutely loved, things that make you want to rip your eyeballs out. Um, if I majorly offended you in some sort of way, let me know. I'm down to learn. I can, I'm always open to becoming less offensive as a human being. I'm a little bit obnoxious. It happens. 
Um, I'm usually not that hurt when people tell me that I've, you know, bothered them. <laughs> but if I bothered you, why are you listening to my podcast? Anyways, hit me up if you got something to say about the podcast. Um, most of you know me in real life, so you can just hit me up on one of the avenues you have with me to contact me. That was a weird way of saying that. Um, but if you don't know me in real life, follow the Instagram account for this podcast at Sometimes Blonde Podcast. Um, slide into my DMs, be a DM slider. Let me know what you think. You can also review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, can't wait to talk to you again on Valentine's Day. If you're going to tune into the To All the Boys I've Loved Before review, um, then I'll talk to you then. If not, if you're not going to tune in, I'll probably talk to you next Wednesday because that's when I like to post. I don't know why. Just like Wednesdays. Um, so I'll talk to you then. Have a great week, guys. Thank you for listening. And, you know, stay responsibly stupid. Have a good one. Bye.